Hi, it's Tony. Today we'll have a hearty Il Formagerie for Steve Sands in Italy from the Ryder Cup and a less than hearty Come On Man from Mike Wilbon in Chicago for the Bears. And now, capitalism. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Oklahoma won 20-6. He covered by a half point. He had Indy beating Baltimore, which they did. And he had Wyoming minus two and a half over App State. It's 22-19, covered by a half point. You were nailing it. You were killing it, James. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, some people are just stupid and some people are just lucky. I'm sure they were stupid lucky. So we <laughs> stupid lucky. We, we'll take it. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Well, he wasn't stupid lucky this week. He was just stupid. <laughs> he lost all four college games. He Uh-oh. took four underdogs, and each one got beat worse mm. than the spread. He lost on Clemson, Syracuse, Texas A&M and Arkansas, Michigan and Nebraska, and San Diego State on Air Force. Now, he won his three pro games. Carver won his three pro games. He had Buffalo, he had Baltimore, and he had Washington. He won his three pro games. So it's three and four which isn't great, but isn't disastrous. No. It was disastrous walking into Sunday. Uh, the monkey was one and two. The monkey stinks this year. Monkey we may have to get it. another monkey. As Mike Tomlin said, we may have to change. <laughs> the monkey's three and nine overall. Jeff Ma, another losing week. Two mm-hmm. in a row, three in a row, maybe two and three. He's 10 and 14. He won his college game, and he won one pro game, but he lost on Pittsburgh at Houston. He lost on New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is Better than people think. Yeah. And he lost on Cincinnati at Tennessee. Lost on those. Chuck Todd, we're still waiting on a game, but he is at the moment 4-2. and two, So he's going to have a winning week. It's another great week. Chuck Todd is having the best week of all. Do you watch the start of Sunday Night Football last night? I watched the musical interlude, and I watched them the special point. voice? I, I watched, yeah. The video package? What? Yeah, I did watch For that. For T-Swizzle? Yeah. What's that guy's name? Who Carson did? Daly. Carson Daly used to be a golfer, played against yeah, great Tiger, golfer. right? Didn't he play yeah. in AJGA events? He did. Uh, and then he hosted a little thing called TRL. That's right. That's right. Uh, on the MTV network, or if that yeah. still exists. And then he got on the Today Show, and then he hosts other things. Does he host The Voice? Yeah, he's the longtime host So of he's the made Voice. a lot of money. Oh, yeah, he's done yeah. very well. So he did, a, he did a nice job. Well, it was Taylor Swift was in. I mean, I, I assume that we are giving over the National Football League to Taylor Swift. Taylor's yes. version, yes. And, and the Swifties. And, yes. and by the way, she doesn't, she seems to know what she's doing in the, in the stand. She cheers at the right time. Yeah. I don't know. If I'm, if I'm a KC fan, I think it's, it's making Mahomes a little off his game. Can I ask a question uh, uh, that I don't know the answer to? I think I know the answer about Taylor Swift, which would explain to me why she would be a Philadelphia Eagles fan, which I think she is. Isn't she from that area? Yeah, she is. Right, so she could have been an Eagles fan her whole life, and uh, she could and have liked Jason Kelsey ahead of Travis Kelsey. Wouldn't that at some be point? an interesting shift for their podcast? <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, this is why she, the first couple of years of her career, she had a fake Southern accent that you're like, "How did you oh, pick to this go one to up Nashville?" Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. And now it's a real Southern accent. No, it's a draw. But you look. Uh, you have to try and you have to do a deep dive into the playbook as to who's in her box. Uh, because well, isn't it the mom's box? So no, th- she has now moved past that, and she has a group of her friends, and all like so. It, you know, you're looking at Sabrina Carpenter, who's been in a, who a spat with Olivia Rodrigo over the years. I don't know who that is. Okay, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. That Blake yeah. Lively there, yes. Sophie Turner. You know them, right? No, I know Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Wait, so she has her own box. She had well, her I own box. I think she's now taken over. Yeah. Whatever box She's bringing her is. entourage in. Can I just say this? If I'm yeah. Roger Goodell, I say whatever she wants, <laughs> you give it to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You give the it US to her. The U.S. economy runs through Taylor Swift. Yeah, Seems I mean, to, she yeah. is, she's bringing a whole lot more attention to football oh, yeah. than anybody else. Like Kelsey's jersey sales have gone through the roof since yeah. this, this news yeah. has come out. Yeah, it's, um, she's a big factor. Baseball is over. The six... Uh, the, the wild card teams in the National League are Philadelphia, Arizona, and Miami. Cubs collapsed. Yeah. That's Miami. San Francisco that collapsed. Brave series. San Francisco collapsed, fired their manager. The Mets earlier in the year collapsed. They fired their manager. Bo Showalter said he wouldn't be back. They, let, know, him, they let him go himself. You, yeah. Do you know why he said he wouldn't be back? Because they told him, you won't be back. <laughs> right? So he got fire fired. Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Texas. All T's are in there. Seattle couldn't close, couldn't get it done, yeah. and Houston won. And you got to watch out for Houston. I mean, oh, honestly, yes, that's yes. pitching. You got to watch Oof. out for Houston, and we'll get to that later in the week. Um, 
San Diego. Tough route for our friend. Yeah. Yeah. Those things happen, I guess. Do you uh, think they break that up? Do you think they trade him now, Soto? I no. think they've been trying to deal him this entire summer. I mean, oh, I, really? don't, I don't know what you do with him. I don't know. I would imagine he's unhappy being there and would not sign there. The, you know, the joke of a lifetime would be if he signed in Washington. <laughs> but they don't have for, any money. For a steep discount. They don't, they don't have any money oh. to offer anybody. They're not willing to do that. that. How about the great. Nats win total? 71? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. good. It's pretty good now, but can they take that leap next year and get to 500? Then they get 80. Uh, I'd like to announce we have a new promo code. I believe it's going to be set up for the month of October. Tony K46, celebrating a certain RBI total. Yeah. Tony Dom K46. Smith. 46. And Dom <laughs> Smith, let me tell you something. Dom Smith closed. He had the best month of his life. Yeah. Well, not of his, of his life, of his Nats life in September. He had the best month by far. And he's still hitting under 200 with runners in scoring position, according to the statistics I have been. Given <laughs> under 200 runners in scoring position, Tony Select and he's statistics. chesty, and he's chesty. His last two home runs, he was yapping. Yeah. Really, he got to number 12, 12 and 46. Please get out of here, Michael. Let's talk about the Ryder Cup. It, it occupies sure, we're so going to be doing a uh, playing through brought to you by Cap Gemini and uh, a Jeep commercial that makes no sense. It includes some form of a dire wolf. It uh, yeah, Derek Jeter's that, rearview mirror. That makes absolutely no sense. It turns into a. It leaves an airport. They live in Florida. I don't. I don't understand that at all. But when he when he drives through the rainstorm, it's very very nice. Just and had that to get Cap Gemini. That's that's the the Italian golfer. Yeah, Molinari's. And yeah, but isn't haven't they discovered analytics that have really helped their teams? Yeah, so this is going to be one of those things. You've heard Rory and John Rahm talk about how important it is to win and how difficult it is to win a Ryder Cup on foreign soil. And for many years, it all came down to, well, we think it has to do with the crowds and the comfort of playing in front of, uh, if not your home base, then people who really are supporting for you. And you look at Italy, how easy it is for those Spanish fans uh, to get there. And now you're probably looking at it saying, well, we realize core setup is now much, uh, much more important and a bigger decider of this. So if you look at what happened on this particular golf course, well, we, we talked about this last week. They took wedges out of the hand of American players. Who are great with wedges. Great with wedges. And they made it so that if you missed fairways, and they statistically looked at it and said Americans missed more fairways than our players, you're going to be out of the hole, which is, is going to dilute the advantage that the Americans might have in four ball. It clearly is going to mess them up in foursomes, where once again, they not just lost but were trounced, losing 7-1 to one of the That's eight alternate shot. points. Mm-hmm. Alternate shots. And providing the number one player in the world with one of the, with one of the biggest losses in all of golf and the biggest uh, lopsided loss in Ryder Cup history. Scotty Scheffler, Scheffler still crying. Yeah, yeah. So, by the way, my feeling on this is that's totally fair. You have the home court advantage. Yeah. Why can't you do this? If you do some studies that indicate... Your advantage rests in A, make your course A. I, I, that's fine with me, right? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what this does to the back and forth nature of this. So if you continue to have, if you just look at this, the microcosm of 16, 18, what you had in Paris, what you then had whistling straights and what you had here in Italy, if you have that five more times, you have a lot of, of interesting drama but at the end of the day, it, it sort of feels a little bit empty because it makes some of the dramatics that you see with all the chip-ins, with John Rahm holding out for Eagles, Eagles to completely shift matches. It makes it feel a little lesser than. But again, if, if the Europeans go ahead and win at Whistling Straits and, and flip that script about the importance of the home field advantage, then, then we'll see. Do you have any particular criticism of the captain, Zach Johnson, and what he did over three days? Um, I would say the big thing is I have a larger criticism of the American system, which is we have a stable of friends of. And again, this starts with uh, the same five people of Freddie Couples, Steve Stricker, and, and the unnamed person here is Tiger Woods. Yeah. So in many ways, Zach Johnson is just the face du jour for this. He's not the one who's hitting any of the shots, but I just think there was a couple of misses. So many of these American players have not played in a month and a half since the Tour Championship. And you that was Wilbon's saw, point the other day. You saw PTI. what the European players are doing. They're playing mini matches this week. I mean, it looked it, it looked very much like uh, what you know what we'd call soccer in terms of getting out and playing small scrimmages. They were playing mini foursomes with each other, uh, and I think the. The Americans came in a little bit rusty, and they relied a little bit too much on what you'd call dream pairings, which would be somebody like Jordan, uh, Jordan, 
Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, who went 0-4 and really played terribly. I mean, the one thing you can't do uh, when you're playing in four balls is, is leave your partner playing his own ball alone more than <coughs> once. And, and Spieth was in the water. He was in his pocket on half the holes, it felt like. Uh, so I would say the, the, the pairings left them handicapped. And you even look at the way they started. I don't think starting out with that Scheffler and Burns pairing uh, in foursomes was a str- strategy that set them off that's, for success. That's and- what Brando Chambly said that day. He says, what are you doing? This kid, Sam Burns, has never played in this event, and you got him leading off. What are you doing? So this is the opportunity cost of when you go to, when you go to captain's picks. And look, the, Justin Thomas, you can't argue with that pick now. I still think I would have preferred to see Keegan Bradley in some form of the lineup. But when you pick somebody who is so closely tied to another player, whether it's Burns to Scheffler, Thomas to Spieth, and, and both Spieth and Thomas were these captain picks that you knew they were going to pick, what does that mean for the rest of the pairings? Because all of a sudden you have two-thirds of the team is now restricted access uh, to, to who or who they will not play with. Would you like to chat about being a room parent today? Uh, I'm not sure if Nigel knows this. I'm, I'm living out my Billy Madison uh, dream scenario, which is I'm going to chaperone a first and second grade trip to a farm. To a farm, to like a farm with cows and stuff. I have no clue if it's a Ooh. working farm. I don't know if this is just going to be apple picking and some pictures. I have no details other than what time to arrive, and I have a brown paper bag lunch with my initials on it, and I'm trying to sneak. <laughs> well, none snacks of the kids in can read yeah, for Bootsy. Yeah, yeah, none of the kids. They can, can read. read. They yeah. can read their own initials. No, See if you can make some good can. trades. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, snack cup. Do you think that you're going to have a chance to pick a bunch of stuff at the? At the farm, and if I, you do, if they have like blackberries, I'd like some. Oh, we're, we're, I think we're near the end of the growing season. I am hoping that on this field trip that we don't pull what my middle school, unnamed middle school, pulled in eighth grade when we visit, or seventh and eighth grade trip when we visited uh, Hershey Park. Do you remember that phone call? Uh, You were left off the bus. I was not left off the (laughs) bus because I'm a responsible middle schooler. Somebody was left off. Others were left off the bus, and the bus left without. Let's go, count. That's close enough. Let's go. Let's roll, Bussy. (laughs) Let's roll. Yeah, people were left off the bus. I do remember that. I I didn't know if it was you that's the one thing as a chaperone. Can't, that, that's sure. literally the one thing you're there yep. for. Bring the yeah. same amount to come back as it went out. Yeah. Right, so it happened in Home Alone. I understand <laughs> exactly. that I uh, didn't talk about the NFL. I mean, Will Bond will talk about the NFL. You know what happened. How'd the Bears do yesterday? Uh, Bears lost. Big and, lead, though. <laughs> they had a really big lead. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. I, I sort of am anxious to talk about that. Do you want to change your, uh, change your mind on Sam Howell yet? Sam Howell it's, was fine. Yeah, they and he threw he threw the tying touchdown pass on the last play of the game. Sam Howell was absolutely fine if you can protect him. I mean, he's he's had more sacks than any sure, but he got rid of the ball a little bit faster, and he decided to tuck the ball and run for some big first downs when he needed to. He's pretty good. I mean, I don't I have no complaints about him. I mean, they Philadelphia was in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, all right, and they they were at Philadelphia, and they held them completely even. And, you know, we're in an overtime situation. I think that that is a great showing. I mean, they've had a great start to the season. Okay, they got killed by Buffalo. How about Miami getting killed by Buffalo? (laughs) Come on now. Buffalo's pretty good. So we'll take a break, and Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This music is sent to us from Chuck Bechard, or Bechard, of a group called Something Picasso. And we call a little home studio just outside Dayton, Ohio, our musical ground zero, Chuck writes. We blend the feel of classic rock with threads and sprinkles 
of the modern and alternative worlds in our best dreams. We would be the rock and roll love child of Tom Petty and Collective Soul. They've been, <laughs> they've been doing music since 2006 with five albums and six standalone singles, all available on major platforms. Through the years, we've found ourselves at the top of SoundClick's rock and rock, rock general charts eight different times. This is a song called Saving Science, inspired by Black Sabbath and Alice in Chains. <laughs> Not mine kind. And dives into humankind's conflict with nature, God, science, and itself. I, I'm not a big uh, Black Sabbath fan. That's just <laughs> no, it's called Saving Science. It plays in Michael Wilbon. Look, I, I, I don't know if we're going to get to anything else, but we've we've got to get to this. I, I, I know you hated Matt Nagy. I thought you yeah. sort of liked Matt Eberflus, but you no. got to tell me how, with like less than four minutes to go, whatever, around two minutes to go. You're yeah. tied 28-28. Why are you going on fourth down? Why aren't you kicking a field goal? He's not goal? a good coach. He's not a good coach, Tony. What? The plays call, the situations. Fields had just played his heart out. You know, he, he went 16 for 16, which is a club record. He had a terrible you know, last five minutes. Terrible. He, he was, he, he's, not, he's not anywhere close to there. Yeah, yet. it was terrible. He's not. There's plenty of blame to go around, but the blame starts with the head coach. He's terrible. I want him gone today. I, I, I don't really do this. I don't. I try not to. I would have fired him today. He what? and Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator who worked with Aaron Rodgers for a year. Get out, both of you. Get out today. So, I mean, Fields started out so well, and then he had, you know, he had an intentional grounding. He had a yep. scoop and score against him. He had a pick. He ended, ended terribly after starting yep. out well. But when you saw that, I'm watching that call. You're watching the whole game. I'm watching Red yeah, Zone, right and I'm, I'm looking around the room. Nobody else is with me to say, well, I don't understand this. You have to take the three. You, you have to. Three. Right? Uh, yeah. Unless you, Tony, now that there's so many things here, I don't want to get too deep into the Bears, but your listeners won't care. But the Bears... The Bears' best short yardage back in years was a guy named David Montgomery, who's on the Lions now, who's playing very well for the Lions. They let him walk. And they have Khalil Herbert, and Khalil Herbert had over 100 yards rushing yesterday in about 18 carries. So, you know, it's fine. But you don't have a short yardage back. You decided not to have one on your roster, you and your GM, and the GM. Don't you know that? Why do you give the ball on fourth and one to Herbert and, and on an off-tackle play when he has no chance. It was just, there's, there's so many things wrong. And the, 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 the coaching is dreadful. And Fields has to overcome that, like he said two weeks ago, or a week ago. He does. He does have to overcome it. He, he didn't say that. I'm saying it. You say that the McCaskey family, the descendants of the Hallis family, direct lineage, you say they never fire coaches. Do you think they would in this case, or they just don't do it? The end of the season. Uh, they, they, when I say never fire, they might. They, yeah, not, no, they in the midseason. At the end of the yeah, season. Mid-season. No, he, would, he should be fired today. Yeah, I just. Ibrahim and Getz, he should be fired this morning. What about the GM? Is he any good? Uh, we don't know. Right. We don't know. How do we know? Either. So he, one, one, one of these has to be true. Either the new GM didn't get the right players, or he got the right players, and they're not being coached adequately at okay, all. Right. So one of those has got to be true. So which one are you choosing? I, I, I'm, I'm suspecting this kid, uh, DJ Moore, he, he can play. They got him in the trade for number one. He can play. And right now the Bears are 1-2 on the board for next season, on the clock. Because hmm. they got Carolina's pick. Oh, yeah, Carolina stinks. Carolina yeah, they, they stinks. They got like one, two, and something else. Right Carolina now. stinks, and, and the more you look at Stroud it. at Houston and the more you look at Bryce Young at Carolina, you think that yeah. Stroud should have been the pick, right? Yep, yes, you do. Right now, you have to. Right now. So, uh, you have to. There are two teams I want to talk about that I'm stunned at how inept they are on offense. Inept. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Are, are you yeah. not stunned at that? They're no, not stunned. Cincinnati's they got different reasons. Right. Cincinnati's star quarterback who you He's love. Hurt. I love him. He's is hurt. injured. Yes. And there's a leg injury. So yes. that d- d- affects every snap. 
Um, and then Pittsburgh, I don't know about this guy. He's a new quarterback. I don't he's think he's very good. I don't think he's very good. People were proclaiming him. People wanted to pronounce him, crown him as uh, the late great. Well, that's because he's a local kid. That's why. But uh, you know, I, I don't think he's very good. And he got hurt, and he's not very good. Let me get to the to the game, the most important game. In very hospitable weather, which you don't get in Buffalo late in the season, yeah. Miami had the great luck of going to Buffalo in the fourth week with lovely weather. So there's no, you can't say, oh, Miami got surprised. Buffalo killed Miami. In fact, Buffalo, yeah. since the first week, 14, has killed 14, then, three yeah. different teams. Buffalo good. looks real good. Now, I know they... Like Buffalo's supposed to look. I'm not. Right. What's Chris Rock saying? You don't get extra credit for That's doing right. what you're supposed to do. That's right. That's right. Buffalo, what's what they're supposed to do. That's right. They got a quarterback and, and a receiver tandem uh, yeah. that is maybe better together, as good together as anybody playing. Yes. So they won't be, They got hot. Um, Miami was 14-14. It was looking like it was going to be a shootout. Yep. And, um, you know, this is what Buffalo is supposed to do. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to start huffing and puffing about Buffalo. They were at home. Yep. It was warm. It was, it's warm all over the place where it often is cool. There was... 80 degrees in Soldier Field yesterday is, a per, is the most beautiful day in the history of the world. In Chicago, Tony, you could, for, for people who are too dumb to believe in climate change, who are too stupid, there's some real, like, factual stuff out there anecdotally. So if you just look, God knows the Cubs never played in October when I was a kid, but, but, but they would play October 1st, maybe. On October 1st in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and into the aughts. No leaves. There's no ivy. There's yeah. no green. Yeah. Yeah. None. None. There's not only that tone. There's no ivy. It's it, it is turned in September, and by October first, it is goodbye. If you looked at Wrigley Field yesterday, not that you wanted to, but if you did, the walls are full of green ivy that haven't yeah. even changed color yet. That's amazing. Because it's 80 degrees. Chicago used to be, I mean, I remember days in school when I started school. We started late. We're on a quarter system. 46 degrees, 47 degrees. It's 80 in Chicago yesterday. That's, and, yeah. and, and so Buffalo was the same situation. That's right. Cleveland's in the same situation. All the cities. I know you hate Baker Mayfield. He's really playing well. I don't, I don't, I don't really hate him. He's really playing well. He, you know, yeah. they're, you know, they, they win. Right. No, he's yeah. playing well. He's playing Good. well. Good. I mean, I don't. I don't. Who do I hate? Um, I don't know that there's anybody I hate in the NFL right now. Baker Mayfield. I, I just, you know, he and Johnny Manziel were just two guys who were overstated the whole time, and I get tired of that. And so I took it out on Baker Mayfield, who had great commercials. Yeah, they were great. There's no commercials now. Like great commercials three That's right. years ago He's done. in Cleveland. Uh, Indy came back from. 23-0. That kid's got talent. He's he does have he's talent. talent. He's yeah. going to get himself killed. <laughs> okay, well, you know, you can say that about any quarterback who moves around. He also he made he said, there are things that happen in games where you wonder if people learn. Like you look at Justin Fields at the end of the game and you wonder will he learn from those mistakes. Yeah. Anthony Richardson in the last possession the Colts have. Now, it didn't cost them because the Rams couldn't do anything when they got the ball back. He went three and out on 13 seconds. You yeah. know, and you say to yourself, yeah. a coach has to, has to say, has to understand he's got a rookie quarterback who's a great athlete, a big kid who wants to do it all by himself. You can't give the ball back in 13 seconds, well, right? Tony, you know what? Yes. Okay, first of all, yes. But, uh, you know, coaching's so bad now. It must be. I don't, Tony, I don't respect the body of coaches. I, I don't. You got a guy in San Diego who decides to go for all it on fourth and whatever. Oh, it just goes all the time. Why? Just because he uh, wants to? I don't know. Yes. Come on. Don't tell me that guy's any good. I don't think he's any good. I don't he's, think he's I'm, any good. I don't. He's not. No, I don't think he's any good. He's not. He's not. He's, he's, I don't. I don't. I, 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 the fact that this Eberflus guy has a job. Is a, is it's it's just not good, and this is the state of head coaching in the NFL, and it will be it won't won't be examined because people 
on TV who played in the NFL and coached in the NFL, they don't really criticize their own. They'll criticize something else. They're not, they're, not, they're not going after their own. Who criticizes coaches? Not a particular call, but actual coaching. No, nobody. So you're um, forced to sit there and think it's all beautiful, and it's not. It's way out of season, and it matters to you, though. The Celtics picked up Drew well, Holiday. Oh, huge. Do you want to yeah. talk about that for Usually. a minute or two? And then well, it was a corrective home. move. Right. They got rid of Marcus Smart, which was the dumbest thing to me they could have done. Right. And I think that they agree with the feedback and the pushback. Because they gave up a lot to get Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. When they already had him, because they had Marcus Smart. So you, you give up Marcus Smart, the guy I do not believe in. I do not believe in Chris Stapps Porzingis. And so, you know, they were sitting out there, and they're needing to replace all the things that Marcus Smart brought to that Celtics team. Which Drew Holiday does. He does. And Drew Holiday brings most of them. He really yep. does. Yeah, and he's great to But you're going to give up two yep. firsts and Malcolm Brogdon, and Rob Williams, your front court defense. Don't tell me Chris Stapps Porzingis plays great defense. He doesn't. Well, he, he doesn't. D- only plays 40 games a year. He, he, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so I don't know. I, you know, the Celtics and the – I understand why. Look, I applaud the Celtics for saying, all right, we, we have come up short. we got to make yeah. some real definitive moves. I give them a, credit for that. Milwaukee and Boston have made news. Have they made their teams better? Well, I don't know. Well, I think Milwaukee's made its team. I don't know that. I, you, you know how much I love Dame Lillard. Oh, personally. I think they've made their team better. Uh, Tony, they got, Dame Lillard doesn't do the stuff that we just talked about. We just talked that about Holiday him being trained. Okay, so Drew, he doesn't. Drew Holiday plays defense, is a tough yeah, leader. Maybe good. Dame is. He's good. He doesn't, he, he's not the offensive player. And I understand why Milwaukee, look, Milwaukee responded. Their star player and the second greatest player in their history said, well, because Oscar was old by the time he was. No, it's Kareem who's their greatest player in history. No, I meant Kareem. You could say yeah, Kareem. You might say, what Kareem. Think about Oscar second. No, Giannis is second. Yeah. Because Oscar was old by then. I, I, because Giannis said, I may leave. You've got to show me something. Well, they showed him. Yes, good they for did. them. They answered him. Yes, good. So, good. but I don't know. Uh, I, I, the East to me, and Philly's got to do something. Philly has to do something like, I don't know, by 4 o'clock. Because Joel Embiid's going to say, get me out of here. Good. These other people are making hard moves. That's right. And you, you got me, you, you're leaving me to go to camp later today with a clown, James Harden. I just can't have him. Got to change. No, that. you can't. No, you got really the can't. MVP. You have to do right by, by no, Embiid. And this standing pat while he holds you hostage is not no. doing right. So I expect the Sixers to do something major. And I don't know that any of those teams in the East have gotten better. That's just me. Well, we'll see. All right, good. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. All right, Tom. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We will take a break. Steve Sands will join us from Europe. And talk about the Ryder Cup. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is something Picasso. And this is a song. And this is the actual title. Francis, the Pork Chop Selling Pig. Okay. <laughs> it was released on July 21st as a standalone single. It's a story of a runaway pig who becomes a celebrity working at a local deli. We like to think of it as a second cousin to the Who's Boris the Spider, or maybe Zappa meets Primus. We hope you enjoy both songs. If you decide to use them or play them, let us know. We're playing them. It's like they get open for Spinal Tap. Yeah, right. And uh, if people like something Picasso, like them, want to send their original music as well, how do they do it? Please send us your original music to jingles at com. We ask that it be your original music, not like, hey, you know, I love the, the Rascals. Here's yeah, one of their songs. Now, you've got to have the artist's permission. So jingles at com. Thank you. They play in Steve Sands, who was at the Ryder Cup. Uh, an enormous disappointment for American golf fans from not just day one, from morning one. Can you explain, Steve, in your opinion, how Europe won this and won it comfortably? Oh, they played better, Sonny. They're, they're more together. Uh, they played better golf. They were more prepared. 
Think about this, Tony. Is there a, a player on the planet that they had truths here and put into them, and they were asked, would you ever go to the Masters, the PGA, the U.S. Open, or the Open Championship, having not played for five weeks? Every single one of them would never do that. You would never That's in right. your life, Tony. That's right. See someone come off the golf course at the Honda Classic and say, "Hey, I'll see you. I'll see you five weeks at Augusta." <laughs> it's just not how these guys are built. Ten of the twelve Americans, if you don't include Brooks Koepka because he played one live event, but ten of the twelve Americans, I guess nine of the twelve Americans, did not play for five weeks since the FedEx Cup was solved at the Tour Championship in Atlanta. Meanwhile, on the other side, Tony, the Europeans, they played the Irish Open, they played the BMW PGA. They came over to the golf course and acclimated themselves uh, to the course, the conditions, the timing zone difference, the whole thing. And I think that was the biggest reason that America got off to such a bad start. They were playing up the hill, uphill the whole way to that Friday morning session, and that was it. So, yeah, let me get to this. Um, the format of the PGA has been the, uh, of the Ryder Cup has been the format for quite some time. You play your own yeah. ball for, you know, eight matches. And you play alternate shot for eight matches. And the mornings were the alternate shot. And we lost seven to one. And everybody says, well, we don't play that well. Well, what are you talking? Then why are you playing in the Ryder Cup? If you're not practicing that, why are you playing? It's eight matches and we lost 7-1. There are only 28 points. All right, They give out eight points on Friday, eight points on Saturday. As you said, they split it. Four yeah. and four, morning and afternoon, alternate shot, or best ball, or vice versa. And then they play 12 singles matches. Everybody plays on Sunday. And to get off to that slow a start time, and by the way, some of the matchups were a little bit odd as well. I mean, Jordan Spieth, who's a world-class player, he's all things. He never is another shot the rest of his life. But Jordan Spieth clearly was struggling hitting the golf ball, especially Friday afternoon. Before we played with Justin Thomas. So when you're supposed to hit the golf ball, and not just your game, but your, your long game, your irons, and your driving ability to hit the fairway, which is so huge in a competition like this, you can't put him out an alternate shot on Saturday morning, and that's what happened. So yeah. there were a lot of factors there that seemed awful strange. And again, the Americans were playing uphill the entire Ryder Cup. And they had no chance after that Friday morning session when they got blacked for Um The first group in Friday morning was Sam Burns uh, and Scotty Scheffler, right? Best pals. Um, right. Brando yep. Chambly, who's, you know, he's an independent contractor. He works on the Golf Channel. He was very critical of Zach Johnson putting them out there first. He said, Sam Burns has never played in this event before. You cannot lead off with him. Do you share that? Was that widely considered to be a legitimate criticism? Yeah, 100%. It's not hindsight, Tony. This is, this is looking ahead Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you know when the parents came out on Thursday afternoon, we were all like, wow, that's, that seems a little strange. Now, the only reason that, not the only reason, Sam Burns is a world-class player, but Burns did not have a great 2023. He probably was the last guy taken as far as the captain's pitch. Remember, six players automatically qualified. Six players were selected as captain's pitch yeah, yeah. by Zach Johnson, the American captain. Sam Burns, pretty widely considered the last of those six picks. Doesn't mean he's the worst player. It's the last of those six picks. And the reason is, is because the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, is his best friend, and the wives are best friends. So Scotty leaned on him hard, Zach and the other assistant captains, and the other players to have Sam in the team. So it's natural for Sam and Scotty to go out and play together in the Ryder Cup. But I totally agree with Brandon. The way Sam was playing, and the fact that he's a rookie in the Ryder Cup, to put him out there first with Scotty Scheffler, in that circus, that atmosphere, I, I did not think that was a good decision. It didn't work out well. Uh, but we thought that on Thursday when the parents came out, not just on Friday. Okay, <clears throat> that's good to know. Scotty Scheffler is the number one player in the world. And yep. he went out there on Saturday with Brooks Kepka, who has more majors than any truly active player in, in the world. He's got five of these things. And they lost nine and seven. And at golf, the golf course I was at, the pros were saying, it's unbelievable. I think they shot 41 on the front. 
on alternate shots, and the pros are saying, hey, we could have done that. That's <laughs> remarkably terrible, is it not? That's, that's some of the worst golf you'll ever see <laughs> from two guys who will be in the Hall of Fame, two guys who are world, I keep saying world-class players. These guys are world-class players, as you said. Scheffler's one of Masters and a players and other things. He's number one in the world. And this has all happened in the last couple of years. Kepka's won five majors, including one a few months ago in May in Rochester to go the PGA Championship. I mean, that came out of nowhere. That had nothing to do with what we saw earlier in the day or the day prior. That was just a butt-kicking. That happens in sports, son. You yep. That. You yep, sure. You can sports fan long enough. Sometimes you just get it handed to you. That's all. And Brooks and Scotty got steamrolled. And momentum is a fascinating thing in this sport. It's not nearly as prevalent as it is in team sports when coaches have to call a timeout or you have to take the air out of the ball or whatever you're trying to do. In golf, momentum, you look on the board, Tony, and the Ryder Cup, there's scoreboards everywhere, so everybody always knows where they stand. And when you see all that blue on the board, it's demoralizing. Mm. Brooks and Scotty just got run over, man. That was an ugly, ugly match. Yeah. So, uh, Zach Johnson, after the first day, I think after the first day, used the word congestion, that there was some congestion with the team. And the and I guess people looked at Ricky Fowler not playing and thought maybe he was ill. Was there a virus? Does everybody have COVID? What's going on? The only congestion I saw all week was getting in and out of the golf course. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I didn't see a lot of congestion there. I mean, everybody has the sniffles every once in a while, but he has a cold every once in a while. There's no COVID. There's nothing serious going on. Right. And, oh, I, listen, I love Zach. He's a terrific guy. I mean, he's as lovely a man as you'll ever be around. Um, I was a little surprised that he made that public, um, that, that a couple of guys weren't feeling great, and he's glad he had a team doctor back in the locker room. I thought that was a little bit much uh, to say publicly, but... Either here nor there. I'm not the captain, and I have won a Masters or Open Championship this evening. Right. What all I know. But, all right. Uh, Ricky, Ricky was okay. I talked to Ricky, um, and, and Ricky could have played on Saturday. He was the interestingly, and I had to ask Zach this on TV because of the way it was set up. He was the only one of the 24 players, 12 players on inside. He was the only one of the 24 players to not to play, not play on Saturday. So when one guy stands out like that, you've got to ask the captain what the choice was there or what the reason was there. And Zach said it was a captain's decision and it was not because of this or sentence. He just didn't want to put him out there. Didn't feel comfortable. Wanted him to get ready for Sunday singles. And then he didn't play great in Sunday singles match either. No, he lost. He put it in the water and conceded to Tommy Fleetwood at that point. I I, I mean, just looking, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this because I haven't looked in detail, but it did seem that Hovland and Rory played great. It did, right? They played great. Um, you know, Rory's 34. He's the most experienced guy on the team. This is his seventh Ryder Cup. He's only 34 years of age. And you're talking about old man Rory. How good is European? How good is the European team when Rory is 34 is the oldest guy on the squad with the most experience? Then you have Victor Hovland, who has become the first center, just won a FedEx Cup, won multiple times in 2023. And you know, kind of put himself in the fade a couple of major championships. Didn't work out for him, not just yet. And now here he is as a Ryder Cup hero. And he's in good hands over there uh, with some of that young talent. And uh, and then Victor and Rory clearly were the best uh, of the best uh, the last three days here in Rome. And it was it was impressive, Tony. I mean, that's as much pressure as these guys will ever face. It's an individual sport, but when you put the European shield on, put the American colors on, and you're representing your country or your continent, you have teammates, people relying on you, and captains and the whole thing. It's a different type of pressure, and those two kids, they stepped up. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, look, we don't seem to have a, char- Rory is a charismatic leader. We don't seem to have a charismatic leader, and, you know, that, that happens. You can't always expect that. We don't seem to have any leaders. There are two issues that I want to get to, and then I'll get you out of here. The first is the notion that Patrick Cantlay didn't wear a hat because the players aren't getting paid in Ryder Cup. I don't care who wears a hat and who doesn't. That's not my issue. My issue is, are the players not getting paid? That's, 
This is a multi-million dollar thing all around the world, maybe a billion dollars. Shouldn't the players get paid, or am I somehow misreading this? Tens of millions generated each yeah. and every year at the Ryder Cup. Uh, now, that's every other year, and it's every fourth year on the continent in which it hosts. So the PGA of America gets most of the proceeds. Two years from now, that paid black, whereas the DP World Tour, the former European Tour, gets most of the proceeds this week. Mm-hmm. And... The players get a stipend for charity. They do not get paid. It's always been like that. This is the 44th Ryder Cup. Uh, it's, it started this in 1927. just to grow the game and for the, you know, the good of the game and that kind of thing. And the money does go to a lot of different things that make this sport really run, um, especially in the early stages with kids on uh, and PGA you know, pro shops and PGA of America and others teaching kids how to play that kind of thing. But, I'm with you, Tony. I'm, I'm shocked. Hmm. I understand that this is the kind. It's kind of like Ohio State football chase all of the other sports at Ohio State because of the revenue it generates. But this event generates all the money that the PGA of America back in the States will use to implement all of its programs. I get all that. But maybe as a professional, I'm surprised. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. I'm just surprised that they get a little bit of money. I am too. Not just the charity. I am too. I mean, to, to say we're going to send $200,000 to your favorite charity, I would say send it to me. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm working here. Come on. And the other question is, uh, the thing with Rory and Joe LaCava, um, Joe LaCava yeah. is Tiger's caddy when Tiger plays. Rory and Tiger are yeah. tight. They're in business together. What is the deal there? How's that going to end up? Yeah, I mean, I love Joe. Good friend. That was out of bounds. He made a mistake. Yes. Uh, caddy can't do that. Uh, you, you can't do that. Um, if a player does that, it's wrong. If a caddy does that, it, it's it's really, really wrong. A caddy should never insert himself into the fray there. Caddies are supposed to be on the invisible side. They're, they're part, of the, uh, part of the show, but they're not the show. When you insert yourself like Joe did, and I think he understands it was a mistake to do that, uh, especially when it's a guy like Rory who's so popular amongst his peers uh, and around the world. Uh, Joe's a little bit too close to his line. He did what's going on all His boss, Patrick Cantley, and the fans give him crap about the hats. But Joe Joe needs to be better than that. He knows that was a mistake. He shouldn't have done that. Uh, but it's fine. Joe has Joe is as respected as a caddy as anybody on the PGA Tour has ever been. Uh, and he and Rory... Uh, have texted back and forth. There's a mutual respect between the two. They've known each other a long time. It'll simmer down, uh, but it was it was not Joe's finest moment uh, for sure. Yeah, it's good to know. I hope you ate well. I hope you had a good time. Hope you ate real well. Tony, I've been eating and drinking for six days, and Val Sands and I just went on a food tour here in Rome for the last four hours, and. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to come back weighing about a buck ninety-five. That's great. It's, it's going to get, it's going to get out of hand here in the next seven days. Oh, we're so happy for you, so happy. All right, we'll talk soon. Way, Thank not, you, they Steve. Do not, they do not. They do not. They do not in low-carb diets here. No, no, no. We'll see you when you get back, Steve Sands, boys and girls. Uh, we will come back with uh, email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Sent to us by Tom Mueller. That's the Boone County High School band? Yeah, the I drum guess. line. Yeah. The drum line in yeah. Florence, Kentucky. Everything is named Boone in that area. For Daniel Boone. For Daniel Boone, yes. Yeah, everything is named Boone. That's really lovely. That's wonderful. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, got the bagel sandwiches today. Always excited about that. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. That'll just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, let the river run. Let all the dreamers wake the nation. Come the new Jerusalem. Silver cities rise, the morning lights, the, the streets that lead them, and sirens call them on with a song. That is... Um, Carly Simon, that is from that wonderful, wonderful movie, 
with Harrison Ford and Melanie her, Griffith. Melanie Griffith, who is the daughter, is she not? Oh yeah, let me look. Of her. Tippi Hedren. I think you're right Something on that. Something like yes. that. It's what's the name w- of the movie? Working Girl. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great it's a, movie, Working Girl. Yes. And that is the song, and I think that won the Academy Award. Oh, it might have. I think it won the Academy Award. It's really a wonderful. It's it's the Gorney Weaver is a great. It's villain. an anthematic yes. song. It's really. Have you ever seen that movie? I've not seen the movie, but we used to do that with our magicals group. If you remember, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, Working Girl is a great movie. It's very wonderful. It movie. did win for best original that's what song. I thought. And you know who uh, who directed that film? A little guy named Mike Nichols. Yeah, he's so all there right. You go. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Steve Sands. Thanks to our sponsors today. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I love this email. It's from Todd McElway in Hagerstown, Maryland. Tony, it's getting dark way earlier. Did you know about this? By the way, just had a delicious pumpkin yogurt. It just, it's a wonderful email. Did sneak up on us. From Dan Thorner in Bethesda. Uh, The Phillies used a rookie reliever who, since the start of the year, has worked his way up through every level of their system. Low A, Clearwater, High A, Jersey Shore, Double A, Redding, Triple A, Lehigh Valley, Valley, and now the Major League team. He has an upper 90s fastball, a wipeout slider, and an excellent cutter, which he used a devastating effect to get the woeful Mets in order on Sunday. This is last Sunday. The reason I'm bringing this to your attention is for help pronouncing his first name, Orion. Orion Kirkering or Orion. Orion Kirkering. Could be Orion Kirkering. <laughs> Maybe some littles from a lake town in Michigan can help. P.S. Michael, we've still got spots for Bootsy and the Hammer at Bulldog Baseball. 9 to 10 every Saturday morning at St. Albans. Nice. From John Lorenz. Said <laughs> our first Loveland. tennis lesson the other day. Ooh, How'd they do? Nice. Uh, Walker really liked doing the overhead smash. Okay, there good. You go. yeah. John Lorenz in Loveland, Ohio. Grip. <laughs> I was happy to hear NASA's Osiris Rex mission get a shout out in Friday's mailbag. However, I get the feeling you may have gotten an exaggerated notion of how a sample of the asteroid was extracted and returned to Earth. As you read the previous email about how spacecraft landed and drilled it, <coughs> drilled into the asteroid, I could see scenes from the movie Armageddon racing through your mind as you imagine someone recreating the heroic exploits of Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, and Steve Buscemi. Who am I kidding? There's no chance you've seen that god-awful movie. I've never seen it, asked Michael. Anyway, the Osiris-Rex spacecraft was essentially a very expensive pogo stick. It didn't so much land on the asteroid, which is about the size of two Empire State buildings, as it bounced off it, scooping a half pound of material from the surface as it was in contact for a few seconds. This was considered to be wildly successful and was about five times more than the minimum amount they were hoping for, which is 50 grams. I'm not saying any of this to diminish the amazing achievement of the project. The round trip took seven years, and the fact that the mission was a complete success is akin to someone sitting at Uncle Benny's table throwing a dart at a board hanging on the moon and hitting the bullseye. Why, where do I come for all this information? Either I have an uncle who worked for NASA and spent many years on that project, or I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I'm going to bet it's the uncle. P.S. If you've never read Michael Crichton's novel, The Andromeda Strain, I never did read it, and I oh, know how great it is, yeah. nor seen the 1971 film adaptation. Let's just say that now would not be the best time to revisit it. The sample <laughs> landing back on Earth is essentially the opening scene of the sci-fi thriller, and I wouldn't want to introduce panic and anxiety into your otherwise <laughs> zen personality. From Matt in North Olmsted, Ohio. Mr. Tony, the people want to know, when you say hot bagels, are you indicating the bagels are warm or spicy? Nigel, you want to take that one? Uh, warm. We don't have the jalapeno bagels yet. They're wonderful. Yes, they're, they're wonderful. Love them. Uh, from Sam Levy in Arlington, Virginia, when you introduced the guest music on last Friday's show, I blurted out loud in my Southwest boarding line, hey, I know those guys. Rat Boys played a free student show during my first semester at Wash U in St. Louis, organized by the campus radio station KWUR. I remember them being fantastic that night, and I regularly mixed them into my playlist during the subsequent three years I spent as a DJ at that station. I unfortunately couldn't make the shows in D.C. this weekend, though I briefly considered running back up the jet bridge once I heard that Nigel would be in attendance. I hope they received at least some lachiseries from the crowd. I know I would have offered my own had I been there myself. P.S. Could I please be the official, hopefully not furloughed, and they're not furloughed at the moment, Capitol Hill fall intern of the Tony Kornheiser Show? Sure. From Chris Van Valkenburg in Manchester, New Hampshire, member of the Falcons. Everyone knows this summer you've been waiting on two things, finishing your queue of coffee ice cream tubs and for the latest Falcons update. Well, last month, we Van Valkenburgs had an informal summer 
of Little's event in Michigan, attended by my cousins, Tim, Andy, Adam, and all the other non-Littles. We gathered to pay tribute to Falcon 1 and 2, Grandma, one week shy of her 99th, and a few years prior, Grandpa, WW2, Navy pilot, wow, had driven himself to the hospital at 94. It was a wonderful celebration everyone together made the week. Today I'm pleased to announce that I've reached manhood. I'm 40, and I need nothing more than some shameless self-promotion to pick me up. I'm begging you for some reassurances that I have more to look forward to than European riverboat cruises and being hit up for legacy donations on my back deck. P.S. Bill Simmons and I share a birthday, so let him know I send my best wishes. P.P.S. Some dope over the summer analogized Hampton Beach to Rehoboth Beach. Now, I love New Hampshire, but I've been to both, and it's like comparing a solo stove to a dumpster fire. It's a really good one. From Terry Rowe. What's the story about the picture of the dog behind Tony Kornheiser on PTR? That's Chessie in Space. Chessie in Space. That was painted by Jason, who walks Chessie all the time, and it's beautiful. It really is. Chessie in Space. It was on last week. We're going to change this week. From Tony Quinn in Birmingham, Alabama. For me, Generation X Generation, I rank the lemon-lime slightly ahead of orange. My eight-year-old, however, says mixing the orange, red, and blue and making a purple color is the best. He says you should give it a try. Don't ask for specifics on the measurements he uses to mix the flavors. He just eyeballs it while pouring it into a glass. From Brendan Borzelli, Chuck Todd is incorrect. Sure, Carvel and Ma pick their own games, but not Reginald. Nigel gives him games. And not only did Reginald come in 10 over 500 last year, but his vast photograph collection of his life and Total Recall have said that collection. He is able to show Nigel a picture of the team he's picking that has ties to within seconds. The photo of him with Bud Grant, Kirby Puckett, and Walter Mondale in a hot tub is a sight to behold. It's just having a bad start. Really That's is. all. From Kayla Donovan. Just wanted to let you know that your sentiment about the Wisconsin Avenue target pharmacists is shared among American university students. Today I had dinner with my friend who goes to AU, and afterwards we went to Target. I mentioned it was the very target you went to and had an incredible vaccination experience at. She also had a good experience and told me her most recent COVID booster was the most painless shot she's ever gotten. She even convinced her friends to go and get it, and they said the same thing. Currently scheduling my appointment. This, again, is Evelyn or, or Emily, right? They're both great. Nigel, now looking through yes. a pile of emails. I get the phone yep. call from their pharmacy every, every day, it seems like, yep. reminding me of my flu shot. From John Marston in Arlington. I just had a loyal little week for the ages. First, I had lunch with Sam Neill and Justin Murphy, another loyal little on Monday. And then I spent Saturday night with none other than Evelyn and Emily from CVS. See the picture. Taken just for you. Maybe not the greatest loyal little David Aldrich week of all time, but ranks at the top for me. While I was overjoyed to meet Evelyn and give her appropriate TK greetings, the occasion was actually a melancholy trails. The picture was from Emily's goodbye party. Oh, I didn't know this. She's moving back to Minnesota. Yeah. So sad she's leaving, but Emily... Evelyn says she's committed to making sure you're covered with whatever you need at their pharmacy. And as you know, she's the best. And here's the picture. Yes, there's Evelyn on the right and Emily on the left. Isn't yeah. that lovely? Isn't that great? That's, that makes me so very happy. It really does. Uh, Wynn Mossman, the fifth head, would be a great name for a band. <laughs> I can open t- for Ted's head, right? Fifth head. That's, yeah. Jeff Barger in Hillsborough, North Carolina. Whose head are you lopping off? My favorite podcast has turned into a tale of two cities. As a Nat-centric show, I'm guessing the opening line is, it was the worst of times, it was still the worst of times. <clears throat> That's really lovely. From Dave Marin or Moran in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a chatter veteran and a feller grandpa. <clears throat> you want an easy Mount Rushmore? How about the Beatles? John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Well, That's it. That's the Mount. <laughs> Chip Robinson, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. The simple solution to the chicken dilemma is to name them all Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. Here's the thing. We're not the wonders right now. We're Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters.
this door They line up from the back outside the door They come from miles around Just to see Who worked the counter at our deli It's Francis the Pork Shop Selling Pig Francis the Pork Shop Selling Pig Now he wouldn't say How we got this far Some farmer up the road must have had a heart So when he came Looking for a job We just cleaned him up and put his apron on That's Francis the Pork Chop Selling Pig Francis the Pork Chop Selling Pig Thank <laughs> you. 